It's Cut to the Chase with Laura Curran. With me, Laura Curran. Let's bring in Laura Curran, a member of the Democratic Party. Joining us now by phone, Laura Curran. Laura, good morning. Now, here's your host, Laura Curran. Hello, I am Laura Curran, and this is Cut to the Chase, where we delve into politics, media, culture, and current events. Real conversations about real issues that affect our lives, no matter where we are on the political spectrum. All right, let's get right to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. So we've been following on this podcast, as has everyone else, the George Santos saga, the litany of irregularities, shall we say. And to help us untangle all of this are two Newsday reporters who've been following this. This is, I guess, your beat now for a while, right? So I have Scott Eidler. Hello. Hello. And Paul LaRocco. Thank you so much for joining. So this is a really competitive story. Everybody's covering it. It seems there's scoops to be had everywhere. It's like an ice cream convention with all the scoops that are possible. So you two are, you know, you're beat reporters. You're kind of, you're young, but you're also, I see you as old-fashioned reporters of the old school who really, you know, the shoe leather, the phone calls, the sources, work in the phones. What is your way into this feast of a story? Thank, yeah, thank you for having us, Laura. Yeah, no, thank, thanks so much for having us. I mean, you know, like you said, this story is hyper competitive. You know, there's so many angles and we, we determined early on that we're not going to be able to chase every single angle that all the national media is. We're trying to focus on the things that that are, are, are the most substance and maybe the most meaningful to our readers to explain kind of how this happened mm-hmm. and, and how he appeared to operate. And, you know, we one way in at least first and, you know, Scott could talk a little about this is is the campaign finance records. That was the kind of the first thing that we could can look at that was concrete that could be mined in so many different ways. So um, and it's all public. But and I should probably just say to the listeners, if you've been living under a rock or you just got back from Tibet or whatever, George Santos won in 2022 the congressional district, the third congressional district, which is the North Shore of Long Island and a little bit of Queens as well. It turns out he has lied about everything, his ancestry, his education, his a stellar sports volleyball record at Baruch College where he never went or played volleyball and the double knee replacement that he never got. I mean, it, the list go the four employees of, of his who allegedly, you know, he says he died in the Pulse nightclub. It's just one thing after another. We, I, so if you've been paying any attention at all, you've heard this litany. So that's all very well and good, but you guys are really focusing on the finances, which is a little less sexy perhaps to communicate, but that will probably be the thing that does him in. Five probes going on in two different countries, law enforcement looking at this. So looking at the finances is a way to start pulling the thread apart. Exactly. Yes, we, with other colleagues, pulled together all the data on the FEC website, which, as you said, is all public, and we can we separate it into what came in and what came out of his account. And so we can look at all the donors and we can look at all the expenses to vendors and things like that. So one of the first stories we did was looking at the lavish travel that experts said was not ordinary for right. uh, freshmen. Las Vegas, Palm Beach, hotels, right. Ubers, meals. Right. So during that first week, while all the stories about his college were going on, we quickly got together and we pulled off a story about him going to Miami and different restaurants and how much he paid. And we decided to compare it to the three other house members on Long Island to just show how much more it was because just and saying, both you know, they all won, but they were all first time candidates and right. first time Congress. People. Except for Andrew Garbarino, who had a little bit more as an incumbent, which right. we explained that that's usual because he's in the network of the 
leadership and grabbing all this money and, and spending it a little bit more. But right. it was just astounding to see Miami going to Treasure Island in Las Vegas, these trips in Atlantic City. So we reconstructed those trips for our first piece. And then it just kept going. So the next week, we did a story on the Nassau Republican Committee, how much money went into Santos had several different accounts that some of them were political action committees, some of them were one was his main congressional, and there were various limits on the different accounts. So people were able to max out into different accounts. And then what we were able to show with other colleagues was, if you want to explain. Yeah, that. and I, I think the important thing to note with that second story is that this was the time period where, where Na- Nassau Republicans were taking in a very immediate, like, quick, like, step back condemnation of him. Because like, this is politically so toxic for right. them. It was, we yeah. got the recommendation from the Queen's chairman. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, he just, yeah. which in reality, there was... When the district is 80% Nassau and 20% Queens, essentially, yeah, it wasn't a winnable seat before redistricting. So there's that political element to it. But yeah. So right. one thing that we at that point realized is like no one's really said yet, OK, they, they've condemned this guy. But how, how what kind of mutual relationship did they have during during the campaign? And can we say a little more about how deep it ran? So one mm. one things that the that the data spelled out, like Scott was saying, not just from his main congressional account, there were several accounts he set up, which people said were unusual for a non-incumbent leadership packs joint fundraising committees you usually don't see this stuff until someone's been in office right you know they're just desperate to get as much as they can for their little campaigns yeah so he had he had these various committees and and then he had the state the state pack that his sister ran so through through all these entities you know he had a network of donors and some of these people would get, were giving to all the different PACs, including Nassau County, uh, the Nassau County GOP's federal account, which had been inactive really until, mm. until up until just as he, as he runs. So they, so they kind of set this up and they later basically admitted this. They kind of set this up and got this running again, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, f- to help him. And through all this, we, I think we were able to show like $185,000 of money that was transferred to um, various Santos accounts to the Nassau GOP. Mm-hmm. And, you know, later it was confirmed by the chairman himself that, you know, he thought, you know, this was basically he viewed it as Santos's way to curry favor with with the party. These checks that he dropped yes. off to, we spoke to Chairman Joseph Cairo at he's the GOP at, Nassau chairman. Yes, and he was given a lot of credit for the success of the last congressional election mm-hmm. and this is a big black mark for yeah. him and the party and they've tried to to distance themselves but they were intricately involved we've showed. And so what what we've been huh. doing is we've been getting these little threads here and there and we've tried to do a, each week a discreet look at the issue with the travel. We hear Bergdorf Goodman. He has a staff meeting there. Then we look at the whole picture. Then the, the next week we look at, at this little account. You, you, right. We spoke to Steve Israel, Peter King. They weren't holding their staff meetings. They rarely had staff meetings. They weren't yeah. holding it a year and a half before election time at Bergdorf Goodman. They right. were going to the diner. They were bringing right. in from the deli. So when you can contextualize that to readers, you can say we're not sensationalizing this. We're showing when you can bring context to a story, which we're trying to do is we're not trying to pile on. We're trying to explain. Explain so how mm-hmm. can this happen? Because yes. that's what everyone asked. How yeah. did this happen? This now, operates. it's interesting you say, well, he's currying favor with mm. the party. He's a new guy. This is how you do it. Money talks in mm. politics like everything else in mm. this world. Today, so we're, we're recording this on Monday, February 13th, 2023. Today, you have a story about how he was actually working against 
one of the GOP congressional candidates out on the East End, Nick LaLota, who was that's it's Nick, right? Yeah. Nick LaLota. <laughs> yeah. He was the pick to run for Zeldin's seat because Zeldin was running for Congress. And meanwhile, someone primaries him, a woman from the crypto world. And then money starts going back and forth between crypto world and George Santos. And he's supporting this this person who's challenging the GOP guy. Yeah. It's so a, it's kind of crazy. It's a fascinating story. And people felt like it wasn't a, fully reported out at the time because she came in at the last minute and then she lost. But right. out in Suffolk County. And remember, the primary was so late that right. the general election for everyone was well, I guess that doesn't count for this, but I mean, the general election part of the election was just two months. So the Democrats are saying we didn't have time. We didn't, it was all it was also right. chaotic. But right. anyway, go back to but what date did she enter? She entered like very May? late. It was really an May? 11 hour. She filed May 31st. She filed her paperwork. She didn't get the petitions in, I think, till like right before the deadline in early June. And then, boom, she's there and she's announcing her candidacy like June 16th within 10 days. And the primaries are two months. What is it? Two yeah, months like later, barely two later? months, you know, yeah, so, barely two yeah, months. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we found that very quickly. Quickly after she announced her candidacy, you know, people aligned with Santos are giving to her, maxing out. And then all of a sudden, this whole crypto world of her, her boyfriend was a FTX co-CEO. And um, this was so th I didn't know till I read this in your story, because Sam Bankman Freed, he's known to have given a lot of money to Democrats. But his partner at FTX, the boyfriend of the person who's challenging Nick LaLota, is giving money to Republicans. So they're really doing it both right. ways. Yeah. There was this feeling that they were trying to buy a crypto caucus in Congress. Yeah. They gave money to Josh Wall. There was independent expenditures. Democrats on Long Island included who benefited were Josh Lafazan, Laura Gillen. And this was seen as uh, across the country, Democrats. Yeah. It wasn't specific to one candidate. But of course, there's the personal connection with M Michelle Bond and her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And and of course, there's a big scandal with them right now. And they right. collapsed and there was an uh, charges against Bankman Freed, of course, not Salome or Salami, but yeah, it was this was a little story that we tried to reconstruct in the last week. We'd heard no, it's about very it. Very interesting. And Nick Lolota, of course, was the party favorite. He's the standard bearer. He's a Navy veteran. And what's interesting is at the end of May, whenever the redistricting was, Suffolk County gets cut out of Santos's district. Yeah. The third always had parts of Huntington. So he doesn't need to curry favor with the chairman in Suffolk. And, and what did we find? Yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, he, you know, Suffolk had supported him early on. They even steered a, a potential primary candidate away into mm. a state assembly seat. So they basically backed him just who like was Nassau that? did. Who was that candidate? Uh, Kevin Surdy, uh, oh, the yeah. nurse. Yeah, and that's the thanks they get is this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, essentially the notion was he was playing both sides. You know, he kind of like shrewdly or strategically realized that once he didn't need Suffolk anymore, um, you know, for his own run, this woman comes in at the 11th hour and she's backed by huge money, crypto money. Huge and, money. you know, the the presumption is, is that and he she from, raised a lot of money. Yes. Uh, she, she gave herself like nine hundred thousand dollars in loans. She raised seven hundred thousand dollars in a very short period of time. In addition to that. And, you know, like I said, the notion is that he saw an opportunity to to reap some of that money. And, you know, he not only, you know, gave his leadership pack gave to her, his sister gave to her, but he also linked her up with a group of conservative activists on Long Island that that ended up forming entities, a loud majority. Yeah. And, and they, they formed um, an entity, some of their leaders formed an entity that got paid $150,000 from her campaign for work that was kind of vaguely described in, yeah. the, in the in the filing. So there was, again, there was a notion that, that you know, there was 
different kinds of groups saw opportunities to to make and you know there are a lot of examples paid. of of these sort of sh- uh, new shall we call them consultants and firms who got a lot of money and the thinking is maybe in some of those <coughs> cases this is just what i'm reading in the papers i'm not saying it myself is that perhaps santos kept some of that money for himself uh, that yeah. was a tip that that people were spreading and so what what we did was we we went through the fec filings in early january and we tried to isolate the firms that didn't receive other payments from other mm. campaigns and we were able to do that Smart. and we found some that actually maybe got one or two a small amount so we created a, a small universe of a half a dozen i would say and we found some people and a lot of them were new republican consultants young people who created llc's and so we eliminated those those are real people who were working on campaigns but I mean, Paul found the Patriots consultant, which mm-hmm. was yeah. linked to the Long Island Loud Majority. And so we created this list and then we efforted to to call them. Yeah. yeah so, oh, and then how did those calls go? Yeah. So during this process, you know, like Scott was saying, you know, we're, 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 we're narrowing this down. You know, first we think we have like a dozen entities that have little track record. Then we find out some of them do appear to be legitimate. So then we get this universe of, of like, you know, half dozen that there are no real like traces. They incorporate within days or weeks, you know, of, of getting paid by the Santos campaign. They they haven't been paid by by really anybody else other than maybe in some cases like Bond, a very closely tied campaign. So, you know, we're trying to business incorporation records, find out when they incorporated, what uh, what officer hmm. did they put? You know, a lot of they use process service. They used like um, corporations that serve paperwork and that name got put on there. So it's still like, you know, the, we don't know who's behind it. So in some cases, we we literally knocked on the door of the address that that it, they registered with. And, you know, um, there was an apartment in Hicksville. There was a home in Williston Park. And, you and know, what so- happens when you knock on those doors? What do you find? I, I mean, I'll let Scott uh, I talk about on a few. So, we, yeah, we found Sugarwood and Consulting. We didn't, there were no, there were really no other, one other, the 1776 Liberty Pack. <clears throat> we didn't know enough about that. And yeah, we, we paid a visit and the person said that he didn't want to identify himself, but when they were happy to talk, some, some hmm. people, they, they wouldn't say happy, but people yeah. talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, we quoted him in the story. He was saying he dealt with high net clients. Um, it's it was hard to verify, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, saying they worked with celebrities, did security work. There was nothing yeah, in I read the, that one. There was nothing in the in the filings. I I don't recall specifying security work, but I mean, you know, you there, there's no website. There's no, you know, it's just a person in an apartment <clears throat> address. So we got. That's yeah. really is. It's hard yeah. to verify. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the way that the story ended up coming out is that you know, with everything else that was going on with him, all the other allegations out there, looking at that through that lens, you see these um, entities with like opaque histories, with little to no track record of working with other campaigns. Principles are not easily discernible. You know, you put that together, and some of them tie back to companies of people who donated to his campaign, or or you know, so so the whole picture together, it just raises more questions about the legitimacy of, of his campaign finance operation. So did you reach out to donors to his campaign? I mean, I read in your paper in Newsday, a lot of these names we know on Long Island, these heavy hitters on the North Shore, they have a lot of money. I'm sure a lot of people were happy to be part of a a Republican revolution that really didn't really go past Long Island, but it was pretty strong on Long Island. Did you talk to them and were they embarrassed 
Yes. Did they feel like rubes? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them were embarrassed. We found they totally felt duped by him or that's what they put out in their public statements. So we, we also created a list of, we decided to just focus on the Long Island donors because a lot was written about Andrew Intrader, the Mm -hmm. New York, I believe he's in Manhattan. I think he has ties to Long Island, but a lot was written about him and, and other people, but we decided to focus on our universe of, and just if listeners don't know, Newsday is Long Island's paper. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so we wanted to explain to our readers who these people were, who who bankrolled the campaign, and what information they knew of him. So when you do these, of course, the instinct from them is a, a couple of people hang up the phone. You know, we'll never talk to you. Yeah, of course. But they, their instinct Always. is we they think we're shaming them. And we're just trying to explain we're not How trying can to sensationalize it. You know, you're trying to sensationalize it. Which is what it. everyone wants and, to and know. That, that's what we said. What were you told? Why did you want to back? And we we crafted these thoughtful emails to mm-hmm. people, up, you know, and, and Paul got some really good public statements from. Yeah. I mean, in one case, you know, we reached out, we looked at the donor list. And like you said, a lot of them were heavy hitters, finance people, North Shore, Nassau County. A few st- stood out. One was a, a, an oncologist in Suffolk County mm-hmm. who ran a, a large practice, um, mm-hmm. you know, oncology practice. And we saw a lot of donations from him and his partner at that at that practice. And, and we started saying, OK, well, that one stands out. You know, w- what motivation did he have to give so much money to George Santos? So, you know, we tried to reach out in a respectful way. You know, first we didn't get him. And then, you know, we made another effort. And he said, sure, I'll, I'll talk to you. Mm. We sat down, you know, we had breakfast with him. I mean, he was somebody that immediately said, you know, I feel embarrassed. I, you know, I was taken. Mm. He talked about sitting down with uh, to dinner with George Santos and George Santos. Basically, you know, his issue, the, um, the doctor is he he has a pack about um, health care and, and cancer care and trying to advocate for legislation that mm. I guess, you know, in, in, in various ways would make, uh, you know, um, treatment more affordable for patients and, and you know, having to do with um, some federal legislation that they're seeking. So ah. he says that Santos immediately played to that, knew exactly what to say to show his that mother. He, yes, <laughs> he was claiming yes. that he claimed that his mother was in the South Tower on 9-11 and subsequently died of cancer from yeah. that, which wasn't this maybe is, she may not be with us anymore, but that wasn't how she went. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of what he said can't be verified. But the point that the doctor was making is that, you know, he knew exactly what to say. He's like, you know, we were all basically taken by him. We were impressed. He talked about his financial background and we gave, you know, and he, you know, he, he gave in a very large amount and, you know, he was talking about just how, um, you know, in, in the end, you know, you just feel embarrassed, you feel duped. But I yeah. mean, we, you know, we're trying to explain to our readers how these people, these respect, you know, this, res- these respected, smart people, smart, you know, successful could people. have been a lot of them, how they I, were all. But because uh, one wouldn't expect someone to be such a con man. I mean, that, I mean, we, you know, politicians, people like to joke that they're all liars, et cetera. But I mean, this is just beyond any satire. Right. right. And we spoke to experts who explain the psychology of giving. Yeah. So, what did they say? So That's interesting. There's two schools of thought on this. One is that you could try to buy access, right? You've got a member of Congress and you've donated and it's their first time winning uh, a non-incumbent. So you could have the credit for have that influence. campaign. So you have influence and I got their ear. You can tell people in your community. The second is this kind of tribal feeling mm. people give to their religious causes. People see this as their ideology and mm-hmm. we become very polarized mm-hmm. and this is my community, the Republican national cause. So they were likely knew that the House majority probably were, could have run through Long Island. There were yeah. three open seats. Two of them could have been flipped, yeah. were flipped. Mm-hmm. And 
So you see names like Robert Mangi, a prominent insurance executive, James Metzger, who has an office near mm-hmm. the county. Mm-hmm. We, we were trying to endeavor how they were steered to George Santos versus Anthony D'Esposito or Nick Lalota or Andrew Garbarino. Why did they put their money into this candidate? We saw a name, Iris Maidenbaum, the wife of yeah. the uh, head of a prominent tax certiorari firm yep. that recently has given more to Republicans, but they've given to Democrats. So you're wondering... We're using our, and you know all this too, our our well of knowledge about mm-hmm. Nassau politics and seeing how, and Suffolk County politics and mm-hmm. how this has created this national funding mechanism for this international story. Yeah. So, I mean, the names were, I mean, there was a veterinary cardiologist yeah, I saw in that. there and a Jericho school board member and the head of Nassau's only public hospital. I mean, these people, it's an interesting coalition. And so- and there's also that natural instinct for readers on, on Long Island or anywhere. What did my neighbor give? Or mm-hmm. my neighbor, what did my community? Of course. So that's what made it. That's what we tried to show. Do you think at all? See, I think about things in terms of psychology. Mm-hmm. Like, what wouldn't it be easier not to lie and say that your grandparents escaped the Holocaust and that you went to. Baruch and you went to NYU to get an MBA and you're f- debt free. I mean, of course you're debt free because you didn't even go. You know, just all these crazy lies one after the other. Isn't it easier just to tell the truth? And also forget the personal biography. The finances of it are so incredibly complicated. I mean, it's already hard to run for office, raise money and keep track of it all. But it's definitely possible. He seemed to have made he seemed to have made this for himself exponentially more difficult with all this sort of weird shell games that he's playing all over the place. Do you have any insight? I know you talked to some shrinks about giving. Do you have any insight into this person's psychology? Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. I mean, we haven't delved really deeply into that, but when you talk about the kind of network he set up, that kind of uh, you know leads us into a few so weeks hard ago. To keep track yeah, of it all. yeah. One thing that kept kind of coming out in 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 talking to people and in um, you know the other stories on campaign finance was this entity that he had set up in the name of his sister and his treasurer Nancy Marks. And well, that's it, a whole other yeah. fascinating side yeah, character. Yeah, Nancy and it was a Marks. state. It was a state pack, and it seemed to bridge his two campaigns. We found because you know he lost in twenty twenty to. Tom Swazi. Yes. And, and he was little known, little, little known. Attention. Nobody even really remembered it, his name. Yeah. So yeah. then um, almost immediately we found records that he had registered this rise or his name is not on it. He His sister had registered the rise pack in December of 2020 using Nancy Marks as the treasurer. And almost immediately after he starts doing uh, that pack, starts doing his fundraising uh, in trader and his guys start giving a lot of money to this rise New York pack, this state pack. And it, it seemed to kind of bridge the gap between his two campaigns. And and public facing, they said they were a voter education and outreach uh, um, pack, and his name was nowhere on it. And at the time, they hired a conservative activist with a with a lot of social media followers to to 
post things about registering new voters, exciting the Republican base. But behind the scenes, they were using that money to pay for kind of the same types of things that um, the Santos federal campaigns were paying, the meals, the travel, the salaries to his loyal people. And plus, you know, it appears that he also that that PAC also paid money for his personal um, rent, as yes, we found in an update. Which is file. completely that, not allowed. Yeah, that was last week. We were so, as you know, the New York people who follow election reports, New York files their spent expenses at, at like mid-January, mid-July. Yes, the filing. So yeah. end of January, that sort of popped up. So there were updated expenses mm. in it. And so we, Paul mentions the name Nancy Pothos. I, we, we were reaching out to donors in the Rise Pack and just kind of doing our Excel spreadsheet. I Google it. And that's, of course, the Times had had uncovered that she was his landlord. And so we see two payments of $2,600 mm. that were not, we had the old, we downloaded the old expenses from December. Those weren't in it. Wow. So we were able to make the connection, you know, through the time story that, and it was the exact amount that they had reported of the rent. So now we've hmm. found a little nugget in this mm -hmm. that has, has law been. enforcement reached out to you. Have any of these investigators reached out to you for your records or anything like that? No, no. we've, I mean, we've asked people we've talked to as we've talked to people's sources. Have you been visited? Have you talked? Yeah. And people like to talk and say, oh, I've heard this person is talking or this person. But no, we, yeah. we haven't directly it's all on, spoken. It's all on the spreadsheet. Yeah, it's just all, yeah, yeah they can find it. Top right. Secret. Have you reached out to George Santos himself? We have. And how I, does that go? Well, his congressional office, they don't want to comment on campaigns. So they divert you to a campaign. There's a personal lawyer who recently has stopped responding. And that's Joe course, Murray. Joe Murray. Yeah. And we also He's famous have, for not responding. I've done every story. Yeah. 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 He's <laughs> under investigation. So yeah. and we have staff down in D.C. that has mm -hmm. gotten some comments from him. So it's it's an interesting yeah. uh, dynamic. Uh, he's going to be in the district. The next two, they all have off the next oh. two weeks or so. So we'll have to see if he makes any appearances or holds press events. But we've had other staff um, trying to. Yeah, I mean, the point is he he has not given any in-depth on the record interviews with Newsday. From what we've noticed, he's he's limited his his comments and his on the record statements to, you know, what could be deemed as friendly yeah, uh, media. I've seen that. Yeah. So we have it. We I mean, we would love to sit, you know, sit down with them for, you know, speak on the record about all these issues. But we have yet to yeah. yet to do that. We, so oh, go ahead. Yeah, we've never been in a situation where we've had no. You know, just a, a member of the De Long Island delegation has just, you know, not been not responded at all. Have really to yeah. Newsday. I mean, Peter King was here for 30 years. I mean, he never had a press person. You just get him on the phone. Yeah. Talk. Tom Swazi just anyway. called Tom up. Tom Swazi. You know, yeah. Kathleen, talk to anybody. Yeah. Kathleen's office. Kathleen Rice. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny when he first went down, we, we were all watching the vote for speaker, you know, the 15 votes, which was fascinating. And and you got the sense when when Santos was walking down, you know, there was that classics cell phone footage of him walking down the aisle, walking through the halls of the, of the Congress, looking, you know, really put upon and frantic and wanting to get away. Now, it feels like his attitude has kind of shifted. It's almost like he's enjoying it. You get a sense he's sort of reveling in the attention uh, have you noticed that as well? Yeah, our colleague Laura Figueroa Hernandez down has there. a story yeah. about how he's become bolder, yeah. is the way she put it. Yeah. So, yeah, well, uh, somebody explained this to me that everybody's in an era of suspended animation about 
the whole situation. Who's going to run for what? Or there's a special there's right. an investigation. So nobody can right. really act. Right. So I thought that was an interesting Right. Way. And everyone's poised and ready to go. Exactly. You know, so on the mark. He's everybody's got their role to play until if there are federal investigations, will they conclude? And but I mean, he's lost the there's really no chance he could be a member of Congress for no no and I read yeah. something where he's you know he's raised money which would be appropriate for a 2024 They're, run they've right. asked him to clarify the FEC yeah, I think if he's yeah I mean and, and our some of our colleagues have done stories about just laying out you know how little the local officials on Long Island you know either want to do with them or have had communication oh, yes. with them so well, I, I mean, saw on social media there's all you know Nassau GOP in the House, like in the House of Representatives, and all it's all the all of the Nassau County Republican. I'm sorry, the New York State Republican Congress people minus Santos. And I have to give it to Joe Cairo. This must be terribly embarrassing for him. And he was, you know, this is on us. This shame on us. This is, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can to distance themselves from. We've got town and legislative races coming up this year. We've got congressional races and a presidential year coming up next year. So, and we only have about 90 seconds left, but you know, how does the, how do you see the politics of this playing out? And could this be something, you know, since Long Island has been so red the past couple of election cycles, could this be something that maybe brings it back a little more to the purple? Totally. I mean, it's a nightmare for Republicans and in Suffolk County, there's a Suffolk County executives race in the fall. That's right. So, Depending on the timing of what there are certain rules about when a special election can be called. So if it's in April, if it's soon, then they don't have to deal with it. If it's in the fall, that's that's a whole different bad thing. situation. For yeah, because, yeah, you know, the, the Republican Party in Nassau County hasn't had a great reputation. There have been a lot of elected officials who were arrested. I mean, this is going back six or five or seven years. So, you know, maybe that's gone through. It's been uh, metabolized through the political body. Uh, and this is something that I think they're all freaking out about. And anyone can go and find pictures of this congressperson or this legislator, whoever, standing with thumbs up next to George Santos. Not a good look. No. Uh, anything you want to say, Paul, before we wrap up? No, I mean, it's it's just it, this has been one of those stories that kind of keeps giving. I mean, and, and there's there's always more to look into. You know, we were talking earlier about different threads that have come out from the stories we write. And yeah, real quick. So, you know, us. we were talking earlier, like you start pulling a thread and that leads you to a whole other story that you weren't even thinking about. Yes. Like it could be a, a series of, you know, uh, payments or donations that we looked at in for, for an original story, you know, created the story about the state pack. And then the the some of the contributions that went to the for the crypto ones, you know, people talking about that and the Michelle Bond angle. And it just all kind of builds and, and snowballs. And that's just kind of we're just along for the ride. You're I along guess. for the ride. And a private joke for us Nassau people. Now you don't have to cover assessment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Thank you so much for your good work, your shoe leather and, you know, working the phones reporting. And, you know, we'll keep reading. Thank you for Thank having you so us. Much. It's, it's fun to be on the other side of an interview yeah, with you. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> You've right. You've been a good sport. I with, used to uh, be interviewed by these two, so it's fun us. to turn the tables a little bit. But you're doing great. And, you know, as things heat up, maybe we'll have you on again. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Been, been Long time yeah. listener. Uh, thank you, Laura. <laughs> thank you, Scott Idler and Paula Rocco. And we will come back to you next week. In the meantime, if you like what you hear, please rate us. Give us a good rating, a thumbs up, the five stars. Subscribe, tell your friends. And we'll be back next week to continue cutting to the chase.